When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the South End Zone podcast. Another week, week eight now, Eric. Week seven's in the books. We're going to recap it. We're going to discuss it. And we're going to, you know, personal betting note for me. uh, Another terrible week. Now, as far as the podcast picks go, I I obviously bet in excess of what we just pick on the show. But a little bit of improvement for me and you keep just moving right along getting back towards 500 so man we're we're looking up things are looking up how you doing um good 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 busy day um cut the grass it might be my final cut of the year i don't know we'll see weather dependent obviously um yeah centipede grass so we'll see how has how cold it has to get before it goes dormant but uh i I have at most one more cut and then i get to take the winter off so stoked Mm. about that Nice. Yeah. I've, uh, I've already finished my final cut for the year and, uh, there's a deck being built on the back of my house right now. So it's, uh, fun times. Fortunately, mm-hmm. I'm not there listening to hammers and you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm on the road, but week seven, man, what a slate it was. I really enjoyed the slate. It, it kind of, it's been, an, it was an uncharacteristic slate in that there wasn't really anything super compelling happening late, late Saturday night. All the fun stuff was pretty much kind of done by, you know, the end of that eight o'clock hour there. Yeah. And there really wasn't anything compelling on the noon slate either. I mean, there was one point where I was like, what, what do I watch? Cause the only one score game at that point was Rutgers, Michigan state and no thanks. Mm. Yeah. Rutgers, Michigan state. Well, what? We'll touch on that one because Eric, man, holy shit. We titled the show Duck Season in Seattle, Notre Dame Crushes USC, and don't call it a comeback. Let's call it a blown lead because holy shit balls, the blown leads this weekend, man. Good God. I mean, it started off like, let's pull up the list. Well, yeah, first one. Like, yeah, I'm going to pull up this list here and we'll discuss them. Kind of as they come up, but I do want to touch on this one first. A little uh, Friday night delight. Colorado. Yep. 29 to nothing at halftime. They lose in double overtime. Yeah. And there I was at halftime texting you saying, hey, I'm glad I left that one in the bullpen. Boy, I dodged a bullet there. 
<laughs> you're like this. Yeah, you're like Stanford's getting dragged. I was like, yeah, there's really nothing on, man. I just kept watching it, just, you know, figuring that Colorado's going to keep doing what they were doing. And then enter uh, a guy by the name of Alec Iomanner. 13 catches, 294 yards, and three scores. All in the Colorado. Second. Every yeah, number all, you just rolled off all in the second half. All in two quarters. Colorado could not stop this dude. And I got to say, like, I, I know we've discussed on the show that Colorado, they suck. They have no depth. All of the, all the stuff we're talking about. But if you actually watch that game, boy, I mean, if I'm a coach in that room, especially a defensive coach, I'm looking at that film going, what in the hell am I watching? These dudes, they don't tackle. They don't try to tackle. They don't try to even play defense. It's a half-ass effort every play. It's pathetic. I mean, like Dion's got to be just like about to puke all over the sideline watching that stuff as like an elite defensive player in the pros. I don't know. Maybe he's not. I would – well – on one hand, like part of me says I would pay a hundred dollars to Saturday morning, have sat down alone with him in a room and just watched him watch that film. Ugh. Like that would have been must see TV. And then just like, well, what do you see here? What went wrong there? And maybe pick his brain a little bit. Um, but then the other part of me is like, I, he, he's not, he, Deion Sanders is a lot of thing. He, he's not dumb. Oh, no. No, no, he, no. He knows what he has and what he doesn't have on that team, specifically on that defense. He knows they're bad. Yeah. Um, how can you not? I mean, how can you not? I, right. There's so I'm not a football coach and I know they're bad. So I, I question, um, like, how, how pissed off he would really be about poor defense. Now, when you're talking about effort and, um, you know, effort, hustle, attitude type stuff. I'm sure that drives him nuts, but he knows how much talent and how much depth he's lacking. He knows they're awful up front. He has to know that. Yeah. Um, So it's. Nonetheless, Stanford comes, Stanford storms back, wins in double overtime. Just (laughs) like, and I don't know if you, I I sent it to you, but uh, if you're a listener and you haven't watched the, the Saturday night live skit, of the Colorado Dion impression, just Google or YouTube, uh, uh, Colorado SNL. And it's fucking hilarious. It's a great, great skit. Uh, kudos to Saturday night live. And so, uh, let, I'm going to read off some of these other blown leads and we can yep. discuss them because I'm going to, I'm going to do the ones that we don't have picks on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Michigan state and Rutgers and we, you know, discussed our time traveler thinking, <laughs> You know, two years ago, if he went back and said, you're going to be four and a half point dogs at Rutgers, they would have laughed and be like, no fucking way. We'll crush Rutgers. And for all intents and purposes, they were. It was, they had an 18 point lead in the fourth fucking quarter and lost. (laughs) What the hell, man? I mean, just, oh God, if you're, if you're Michigan State better at plus four and a half, that's a, that's a, one of the worst beats I've seen in a while. Um, now, Kansas, we discussed it a little bit. Mike Gundy, and I know we're going to have a Gundy conversation. I kind of just touched it like, can he do it again? 
Kansas, you know, Jalen Daniels is doubtful. He didn't play, but I don't think that really mattered. His backup threw for like God knows how many yards. It was yeah. A they time. have a they have a good backup. He played well last year. He they're not mm. some they're not like a lot of teams where if the starter goes down, they're just in extremis. Yeah. Um. So that they do have that going for them, but you know, still got to fix the defense. Yep. So Kansas, they uh, they have an eight point lead on the road in the fourth quarter, and. With about two and a half to go, Oklahoma State takes the lead and keeps it the rest of the day. So yep. another blown lead there. Yep. No lead is safe with Mike Gundy in the building. His no. or yours. No, it's not. And it begs the question. We have seen like the tale of two teams this year with Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah. But I gotta I mean, but I gotta I gotta tell you, man, Bedlam in a couple of two, three, four weeks. Be careful, Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, don't fuck around. You might find out. Well, three weeks ago, they were getting dragged at home by South Alabama, and we were having the, hey, you know, has has the Gundy era run its course? Do they maybe need yeah. to think about, you know, moving on from him? He's not going to change, mm-hmm. and he's not doesn't appear to be embracing a lot of the stuff that uh, teams think they have to do to be successful in terms of the portal and NIL. No doubt. Um and and here we are, right? He he beats Kansas State. Beats he beats back to back Kansas. Teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Beats two ranked teams back to back, and so it's that, just it's very on brand Mike Gundy thing to do I, is just look like absolute dog shit because they went and lost to Iowa State the next week after that South Alabama game. Yeah, and, no joke. And then you're thinking it's like, man, that's they might miss a bowl game. Right, which yeah. they haven't done for like 16 years, and then he reels off two pretty impressive wins in that conference. Indeed. And like I say, with Bedlam in a few weeks, I mean, would it be just the most Mike Gundy thing ever to take the last Bedlam game before Oklahoma leaves and Oklahoma's undefeated and just just stick it to him on the way out of the door and be like, sorry about your playoff chances. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it I would, would just, be the most Mike Gundy thing. I would just say be careful if you're an Oklahoma fan. Yeah. I wouldn't call that one a uh, a gimme, given what the. Yeah, you couldn't pay me enough money to bet on that game. No, way. no, <laughs> nope. And then uh, the last one that we don't have a pick on that was a bad beat. Oh, man, talk about the bad beat of bad beats this weekend. West Virginia. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I I put it in the bullpen. And I had West Virginia at, I can't remember what it was. You had them at minus it? two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. And so I didn't actually bet it. So I had them at minus two and a half. They had a four-point lead with 13 seconds to go. Went down, scored, go up by four. And Houston throws a bomb. And as time expires, it's tipped and caught for a touchdown. Houston wins. So, Yeah. If you're a West Virginia beater or better, that's a bad beat. That's a no, that's the worst one I've seen this year. Yeah, and then the other uh, another one we didn't have a play on, um, and it it happened after all these other games we were talking about was uh, mm-hmm. Boise. Oh yeah, Boise blew that big lead, and I'm I'm wondering if Andy Avalos is going to be a hot seat candidate come next summer. I mean, we'll see how the rest of their season goes, but he. Could be. Maybe they'll bring back Harson. 
Maybe. I mean, he was a good, a good fit there. He did well. <laughs> yeah, be a good fit up there. So a week of blown leads and crazy shit, but man, and some of these other blown leads we're going to discuss as we go. So let's recap the picks, man. I believe I went three and four on the week after a couple of bad beats and one really bad pick. And I think you went four and two again. Is that your second week in a row at yeah. four and two? Yep. I'm inching my way back. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of like eating an elephant. Like when you get in the whole betting and you're, you're sporting a you know 14 and 20 record or whatever I was <laughs> one bite at a time. Um, yeah. so progress. Indeed. All right. So let's recap the picks. Have you got them pulled up or you want me to read them off here? I got them. Yeah, All I got right. Them. Yeah. All right. Let fire away. Hit them. Okay, so you missed on Kentucky minus two and a half versus Mizzou. Uh, Mizzou looked dead in the water early until that fake punt happened, and then everything changed. And everything, literally, Missouri, everything. Missouri, I believe, is six and one. Um, yeah, I think you can make eligible. an argument. Yeah, I that's one we make, missed on. Yeah, I think we took the under on them at five and a half. Did we not? Sounds right. Um, yeah, I'll check here in a missed, minute. I think we um, missed on that. Missouri might be the second best team in the East. I think it's a fair thing to say. I mean, it's Tennessee not has a little... I expected to have come out of my mouth when they when the season started, but uh yeah, yeah I mean, jur- jury's out on whether or not Tennessee could right. what they I mean, it just Tennessee had an impressive win this weekend, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I would like to see those two play before I said who's better. I'm just not I'm not comfortable with Mizzou's defense, really, even after what I saw, because I don't have any faith in Kentucky's offense after what I saw this weekend. Well, that's it's fair. Just, I mean, yeah, like you said, Kentucky was up 14 nothing, dude. 14 to nothing and in complete control of the game. Ray Davis is going off. Then Mizzou runs that fucking fake punt. Touchdown. Yeah, and it all fell apart. It's, it's just bewildering. Just a complete and utter meltdown. Mizzou reels off 20 straight points. Kentucky scores, gets within one point, and it was all Mizzou from there. And, I mean, you combine that with uh, Kentucky having three turnovers and 14 penalties for like 130 yards, not good. So, yes, Mizzou is winning, but uh, it does beg the question, like, do we take them serious yet or not? Yeah, we're on under six and a half, both of us. So mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't missed yet, but boy, are we in jeopardy. Um, <laughs> so I, good on them. They're, they're playing well. Um, you also yeah. miss another minus two and a half, and this one's going to piss you off because this is, goes back to your blown leads discussion. Uh, the Gamecocks uh, were up 10 late. I want to say maybe four minutes left. Does that sound right? Three minutes, four minutes? They were uh, up 10 points, and Florida scored to pull within three with 440 to go. Okay. So at the five-minute so, mark, they they owned a 10-point lead. And correct. They, they end up losing. Um, so that yeah, was losing a, is a Losing is an understatement. This was a – and now kudos to Graham Mertz before I go any further. Like, he played well. You know, he uh-huh. threw for a shit ton of yards, and he, he played well. He did, you know – I'm, you know me, I'm not a big Graham Mertz guy, but he played extremely well in this game. So I don't want to take anything away from him and Florida's offense here. Okay. That being said, 
This was a fucking instructional video on how not to manage the last possession when you're trying to protect a lead. You get five plays and you throw on three of them. Inexplicably, they're passing the ball, stopping the clock, and I, I don't get it. I mean, this is well, like... And don't tell me the, they couldn't run the ball because they ran for a buck 50-something. I mean, I just, I don't okay. get it, dude. Like they, uh, South Carolina has not run the ball well all year. If they I'm, haven't, I, I get, uh, if there's a lack of confidence that they can move the chains on the ground. Uh, but, you know, I, I can see where they might think, okay, well, our best chance, cause that's, th- there's enough time left when they get the ball back where it's not just a matter of, run three plays and keep the clock going. Like you have to get a first down. You have to make them use timeouts. You need to get a fresh set. You yeah. have to do, and so, if they view Spencer Rattler on short and intermediate routes as their best chance to do that versus trying to just run when everyone in the stadium knows you're going to run, I kind of get it, but. Well, here, I'll break it down my, for you real quick. My big because- issue, my big issue is when Florida has fourth and 10, you have absolutely got to put someone on top of Ricky Pearsall. I mean, that, why? Oh, man. Yeah, There's get, one guy on Florida's okay. roster you have to double on fourth and 10, and it's number one, and they didn't yeah. freaking do it. No, you go man to man, and he obviously comes down with a catch, and then you get kind of a little bit of bad luck there on the deflected pass that Florida mm-hmm. catches and takes for another 25. But that's yep. the kind of shit that I'm talking about. You wouldn't even be there. Because that last drive for South Carolina, they get a first, they get first and ten, they run the ball, gain five yards, then they throw it. Florida takes a penalty, another first down. Okay, then they get stuffed on that first down. Florida calls a timeout. Second down, they throw the fucking ball, and it incomplete stops the clock again. And I'm like, there should be forty seconds gone right there. And if they reel off an extra 40 seconds, guess what? Florida loses the fucking game. I mean, it just... And then Beamer Ball, the king of all special teams, shanks a punt, 28 yards. And Florida gets the ball on like the 25 instead of the five-yard line, having to go Mm -hmm. the length of the field. And so it was just a, a master class on how not to manage a lead with five minutes to go. And... yeah. Hey, I get it. Shit happens, whatever. Like, I'm not just over here saying Shane Beamer's a bad coach and all that kind of stuff because in-game it's tough to manage sometimes. And Florida played well, like we said. So, (laughs) But when you've got a 10-point lead with five minutes to go and you're thinking, fuck, man, this bet is in the bag, minus two and a half, and Florida gets the ball, goes down, sticks it up your ass twice because South Carolina just shits the bed, it's a bad beat. Yeah. It's not a good look. Um, we'll breeze through a couple of these quick before we get to one that I know you're itching to talk about. You missed on Oregon. No, you hit on Oregon State minus three and a half versus UCLA. They won that handily. You also yeah, never, hit on never, Fresno never minus four and a half. Uh, that never, was also, also <laughs> never a doubt. Hey, yeah. and that, that they they won by five. So that's why when uh, we initially talked about fresno state they were at five and a half i thought they dropped to four and a half while we were on the show and i dropped a bet on them and they covered by five so you know good never a doubt right little a little 
a little good luck never hurt anybody. Um, as for Oregon State, they man, I mean, what UCLA had what five or six turnovers in that they game? Had a bunch, was, yeah, yeah. It, Oregon it was, State really got um, they really got to the fresh uh, more Dante Moore, yeah, freshman, yeah, they, true freshman is really talented kid. Boy, you know, Oregon State is a, a tough team to play when you're when. Well, when you're in Corvallis, it's tough, man. They're just they're tough yeah. to beat up there. They're they're a tough team, man. So I'll be anxious to see how they look moving forward. You know, got a couple of big games on the docket coming up after this little three game stretch of kind of ho hum yeah. teams. So yeah, their last two weeks, they they have a chance to make things really interesting. Uh, we Indeed. will talk more about that probably uh, next episode. Yeah. Maryland let you down minus thirteen and a half versus Illinois. That was just. That's a bad pick. They never, it was never even close to being a 13 and a half point yeah, spread. You were not only did they not cover, they lost an uh, Illinois. Yeah, they lost outright. Goal. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. The, Illinois kicked a field goal as time expired to win. So Brett Bielma, still not full, still sticking no. it to me. So the Bielma yeah. bus, keep, you can't keep uh, feeding them. Yeah. So Loxley and Maryland, you're dead to me. Uh, we were both on USC at Notre Dame over 60 and a half. Never that, a doubt. Uh, yeah, it started off a little slow at end of the first quarter. I was like, oh, man, I don't feel great about this one. And then they had 30 points at half. And UCL, or USC really hadn't done anything on offense. So I kind of felt pretty good about it. Like, they're going to get it rolling at some point. Sure. And they, they really didn't. I mean, they ended no. up with 20 points. But uh, Notre Dame yeah. put up 48. So we cleared that by a full <laughs> touchdown. Yeah, well, when you, uh, I kind of feel like it was a wash. Like uh, when you throw three interceptions in the first half, which is a very uncharacteristic half of football for Caleb Williams. But ultimately, I I just don't think USC's offense is quite as good as everybody thought. And I I don't want to take too much away from them because Notre Dame, I think, is arguably a top five in the nation defense. I think they are too. And I think what we saw was USC's weakness on offense is up front. Mm-hmm. They got obliterated up front. Yeah. That was um, bad. So, you know, n- no quarterback is great when he's on his back or there's guys in his face or he's running to his left. Facts. So, you know, if you can get to a guy rushing four, you're going to have success. And that's what they're able to do. So they, uh, one throw, I think it was a good decision. That first one it was a good decision. It just kind of sailed on him because he he had a guy, believe it or not, in his face. Um, <laughs> you know, one was I think he just didn't see a guy. So, but yeah, if you can force that dude into three interceptions, um, you're going to win because that USC is completely reliant on him being superhuman, basically, because they do not play a shred of defense. No, none whatsoever. It was ugly. Same kind of thing as Colorado. Yeah. If you just go and watch that team try to play defense, it's – I mean, I come I up with the thing of like <laughs> they're not even trying. It's pathetic. Yeah, I like I know a couple of high school coaches, and I haven't asked them about this, but I'd be curious to hear their answer. Like like Coach Hidalgo, mm-hmm. uh, who was oh. on in the spring. I'd love to have that guy on to talk about it. Could you imagine how pissed off a guy like that must get watching USC play defense? Oh God, it's gotta like just make him. It's just so terrible. Like he's just gotta be like, how? <laughs> like you're USC. 
I don't understand why Lincoln Riley can't get any defensive talent. Like you can get all the offensive talent in the world, but you can't recruit any fucking defensive players that are worth a shit or you guys just don't practice because I'm guessing they just don't tackle in practice. I, I don't know. I think it's that- evident that they don't like, I think you can watch a game and <laughs> after a quarter and a half, you can tell which teams tackle in practice and which teams don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't um, think uh, I don't think USC tackles at all in practice. I don't think no, it's something they do. No, and they don't tackle in the games either. Um, <laughs> your bullpen picks: you had Tennessee minus three versus A and M at home. That hit. They went twenty to thirteen. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about A and M before the show. You know, yeah. they're they're missing Max Johnson badly, or not Max Johnson, Connor Wigman. And yeah. Max Johnson going into Tennessee getting a win. Not not going to happen. Yeah, they they would love to be missing Max Johnson. Um. <laughs> and your last one. How are we doing on time? Twenty-three minutes. Okay. Um, Go on. Give this it to one me. might take a, This one might take a bit. You took the Ducks at Washington plus two and a half, mm. and it was it was looking okay. Then it was looking bad. Then it was looking good. Then it was looking really good. Then it was looking bad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you end end up um, just missing that. Washington pulls out a three-point victory in what was a fantastic game. Uh, I mean, I specifically said last week, like, I'm not even – I'm just going to watch this game and enjoy it. I don't want anything riding on it and to take away from just enjoying what I think should be a great game, and it was. But um, so we got to talk about it. The the story of this game kind of came down to – Three you know, plays, three decisions in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, anyone who didn't watch the game, Oregon had the ball uh, fourth and goal at Washington's three, with a handful of seconds left in the first half. Uh, time for one more play. Basically, most coaches would take the field goal, go into the locker room. Uh, they were down, I think, by six at that point. If I'm they were down they were down four points I believe they would have been within one okay before the half so they, yeah they they were trailing they would not have taken the lead with the field goal but they would have gotten the three points and they were getting yeah. the ball coming out of halftime yes uh attempt unsuccessful and I want to say their second possession of the second half same yes. thing fourth and goal from the three uh they go for it again. Don't get it. That one I didn't hate. We'll get to each one individually in a second here. Yeah. Uh, and then with, I don't even know how much time, probably two or three minutes left. They have fourth and something like four near mm-hmm. midfield. Yeah. They are carrying a four point lead. And. Rather than punt. Rather than punt and likely pin Washington inside about their own 15, you would think, mm-hmm. yeah. with no timeouts. Uh, they they go for it. Don't get it. Give Washington the ball, I think, at their own 47, and they score pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I two plays. Two or, two or three plays. Yeah. Take the lead. And that's all she wrote. That is all she wrote. So what do you think? Well, I don't hate the decision. I'll put it to you this way. Before the half, take the points. 
I, I would have taken the points, especially getting the ball back in the second half. You know, take the points, get within one point, and go on about your business, and then get the ball in the second half, go score, go for two. If you like, they already did it once and made it, so make it a seven-point game at that yeah. point, right? So that would make sense to me. Take the points, move on. The second one, fourth and goal at the three. I don't hate the decision to try and go and score, but it's sort of the same thing as the next one, the punt that I'm going to talk about. Their defense was playing really well at this point. At that point, the defense had stopped them on three straight possessions. Their defense had stopped Washington. Like, got just three and out, three and out, three and out. They're playing really well. So I'm like, eh, probably would have taken the points there too. And then they stop them two more times, you know, and get to where the punt is in question. I don't hate the decision to go for it. If you get it, the game's over. You win. And if you don't get it, both of your corners went out and they're both hurt. And I think that's something that Dan Lanning was probably taking into account here is both my corners are down. If we get this, we I sit right now and we win. And if we don't, they're probably going to score quick enough for me to get the ball back. You know, kind of an arena football type of thought yeah. process to it. So I, I don't hate the decision on either one to go for it. But my personal conservative mindset, I would have taken the points on both field goals and punted and pinned them deep, especially given how well the defense played in the second half. So mm. that's what I would have done, but. I understand both sides of the argument and I'm not going to crush anybody for saying I would have went for it every time. So initially I said on the first two, the both of the fourth and goals that I didn't, I didn't hate the decision to go for it. I just really didn't like the play call in either case. And after thinking about it for a little bit, I, I would tell you, I don't, I don't like the one before the half. I think he should have kicked it. Yeah. Because Ordinarily, like one of the benefits for going forward on fourth and goal inside the three is, you know, if you miss, now you got them pinned deep. Mm-hmm. And maybe you get a holding in the end zone for a safety. Maybe you, you get a three and out and they give you the ball back at midfield. Maybe none of that shit applies. No. Right. You're, so, yeah. you know, at that point, yes, I get I get the temptation because at that point they hadn't they hadn't done anything to stop Washington. So I understand no. the mindset going into the into halftime like hey we need touchdowns not field goals right we got to yeah. keep up with these guys but you know knowing that you don't get the added benefit of pinning them deep if you're unsuccessful and also that you're going to get the ball out of halftime i you know that that's the one i kind of didn't care for the second one absolutely go for it you know i would rather have a coach fail because he's being aggressive than failed because he's conservative, overly conservative. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I, I really mean, didn't like going for it instead of the punt. That to me felt like he's he's kind of taken that step past aggressive and more, you know, borderline reckless. Um because it yeah. was fourth and what, four or six or something? Yeah, fourth and four, I believe. And they, yeah. it, it also says like I have no faith in my defense. You know, none even though they played their asses off. But ultimately, I think it's a situation yeah. where oh, you know, and we, the other, I think we they, can gain four yards and win. That's, I think we can gain four yards and win, and they didn't. And Washington's possession before that, they had fourth and goal, and they 
went for it and they failed. And Michael Penix looked hurt. They ran the ball four times. He didn't look like he could throw. Oh, he was wincing in pain. I mean, he's he got over. he wow. got annihilated on oh, yeah. on the throw that got them two first and goal, and then they ran yeah. it four times, and he was mm-hmm. moved. So I he had to have seen that. I've been like, boy, can this guy take him eighty or eighty five yards with no timeouts? I I think I would have kicked it, but yeah, well. You know. Neither here nor there. I will say this. I don't think they should really get penalized very much for losing. I no. mean, I think I think Oregon played well enough to win. And a couple of things that they yeah, decided to do. Their co- way. Yeah, and kudos for, to Lanning for saying, this one's all on me. It's completely mm-hmm. my fault. I chose to not take points and be aggressive. We're an aggressive team, and it didn't work out. It's on my, it's my fault. And so... I, I don't think they should really be penalized. I think it was two playoff caliber teams. Matched I don't up. think they should oh, yeah. be, and I don't think they will. I haven't I haven't looked at the AP poll because I really don't pay attention to the rankings until I think Oregon dropped to like eighth or ninth or something. Okay, okay. they started they didn't drop. Yeah, they didn't drop very far. Yeah, so. I don't think I would drop them at all. They did exactly what they were kind of supposed to do. They're they're two and a half point underdogs on the road against mm-hmm. a playoff contender. They lost by three. Like. Yeah, against yeah. the what I what I would say now probably the I mean obviously the Heisman front runner but unless something unless I see somebody just blow up in the next few weeks and come out of nowhere I would say he's the likely Heisman winner based on what Yeah, uh, anyone else who wants it has some work to do cuz he's yeah. got I mean, the, I think, the quote unquote Heisman moment uh yeah. that no one else has yet. Agree. I think he's uh I think Quinn Ewers has a chance still given that he still has to play Oklahoma probably in the Big 12 championship. So mm. I, I don't know. I think the, that would be my other guy that I would look at because they're probably not going to lose another game. But we'll see. We will. Yeah, tough, luck, tough luck for the Ducks, man. It was Duck season in Seattle this, yep. this week. The good news for them is they have, they have plenty of chances coming up to get some signature wins and get those in the bank. They could absolutely still find themselves in the conference title game. So no doubt. I, I fully expect them to finish with double-digit wins again. I just, just think their way. I just think it's funny that Utah keeps winning. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how, but they do. Um, <laughs> They're going to ruin everybody's season. We're everybody the whole year. We're talking about Oregon, Washington, USC, all this shit. Utah's still winning every week, and they're going to be like, "What the fuck about me?" And you know, what about us? Like we're. Back-to-back Pac-12 champs, and we're going yeah. again. They're probably going to ruin whoever it is season, like Michael well, Penix. They have a chance season. to knock UFC out of the playoff race this week coming up, and we'll talk about that uh, you know, tomorrow or Wednesday, whenever. But USC should already be out. They, their defense. Oh, well, it's a matter of time. They're they're a dead man walking. So, uh, <laughs> so you finish three and four, and then one and one in the bullpen. Uh, we already talked about USC Notre Dame. I hit on that one. I also hit on Kansas State plus one and a half at Texas Tech. I thought yeah. the wrong team was favored, and the Wildcats win by seventeen. So indeed, yeah, and that one was looking a little shaky for a bit. It man. was. It was neck and neck and neck for probably into the fourth quarter, and then uh, yeah. yeah, Chris Kleiman, I- winning machine, pulls away, gets me. He a is dub. a winning machine. Uh, I also hit on Fresno State plus four and a half. So we were, that's another one we were both on. I missed on UCLA at Oregon State. I was on the under 
53 and a half. Uh, that one got to 60. So not a bad beat or anything. I mean, it was at 53 even. Uh, the score was for a solid, gosh, I would say probably nine minutes of game time. Mm-hmm. And, well, UCLA just kept turning it over and giving Oregon yep. State short short fields, man. That's just you, – you keep giving them short fields like yep. that at home. That's – Turnovers got you beat in that bet, so I don't. I don't think that's a a bad process. I think it's more no. just a bad result. Kind no, of not too heartbreaking. The uh, another total that I missed was Tulane at Memphis. I think this was a Friday night game, maybe. Um, it was, yeah. I was on the over on this one, fifty four and a half, and they did not quite make it. Uh, Tulane mm. wins thirty one to twenty one. I don't think anybody scored in the last like 12 minutes of the game, did they? It was a while. Yeah. I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And it was like, man, watch watch these assholes. Yeah. Start of the fourth. I was like, oh, man, he's in great shape. No, no more points. No, That's not really. It. What are you going to do? Um, Shit happens. One that I did hit comfortably was uh, I was on the over for Miami at North Carolina. Oh my I took God, over yeah. 57 and a half. That game got into the seventies, North Carolina, quietly still undefeated. Um, they're in the top 10 now. Yeah. They're in the top 10. They're number 10, I believe. So yeah, we talked about it uh, on the preview last week when we were discussing this game, I said, do you think Miami can stop North Carolina? I think we saw our answer. Clearly they no. cannot stop North Carolina. And I'm not sure there's many teams out there that can stop them. There's not. There's a, that was a I, 41 to 31 final. It was dude. I, it was I don't not know if you close. saw that I mean, was, there was some, some late, late points to Miami. Uh, Miami scored a touchdown uh, within the last couple of minutes just to get with. Oh no. That, yeah. So, it got to I mean, garbage it was time. Sided. Yeah. It was 38 to 17 and Miami scored 14 points in garbage time. I mean, it was a complete, like, utter just beatdown. And I watched a good bit of the game, like three, roughly three quarters of it. It was never close. Like, I mean, North Carolina pushed them around up front. Miami did not look like the team that we saw against Texas A&M or some of the others. They looked like the team we saw against Georgia Tech up front. And I don't really know. I I don't understand it either. It's sort of – head a bit of a head scratcher you know but ultimately dude i don't know i mean if you look at the rest of north carolina's schedule there's a very good chance they will be 12 and 0 like pull that up while i'm talking about this because and i don't know if anybody would remember but i know you will the kid that got was in the news because his transfer got denied and he appealed Tez Walker, I believe is his yep. name. Isn't that right? Yeah. It had three touchdowns. He, yeah. Had a huge game, man. So I was super happy to see that kid go off. And, uh, I'm sure that really uh, made a lot of people in North Carolina happy to see that going on, see him finally get to play. And after missing all of last year and finally gets his appeal heard and wins the case and goes out and fucking dominates against Miami. So, Kudos to that kid. He's a baller. He looked like fucking. He looked like Julio Jones or somebody out there, man. He was dominating. He was yeah, crazy. he's a problem. So, what so, is the rest of UNC's schedule? Because I don't think they should be favored in every game the rest of the year, right? Probably um, Clemson. Clemson, maybe. I, so they got they get Virginia at home this win. week. Um, yeah, they are favored as of right this second by twenty three and a half. Uh, yeah, they go to Georgia Tech uh, next win. week. 
Yeah, You'd like to think so, but the last couple of years, Georgia Stop. Tech has been an issue Stop. for them. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not going to happen again. Surely not. If it happens twice, it can absolutely happen a third time. They'll be favored. They'll be heavily favored. <laughs> they should win. I expect them to win. Just don't be stunned speechless well, if they don't. Then don't, don't want to see the Mac Brown stunned face meme again. Yeah. Um, and this is a fun twist on, on November 4th, uh, three weeks from now, they get a home game against friends of the pod, the Campbell fighting camels, the camels. Oh my God. They're going to get obliterated. Poor yeah. Camels. Vegas probably won't even put out a line on that. Um, no. North Carolina by whatever they want. Shout out yeah. Mike Minder. Then they go, uh, they get Duke at home. Probably a win. Probably a win. Duke, I think, is like a 12-point dog to Florida State. So if you view Florida State and North Carolina similarly, eh, depending I mean, on yeah, what happens between now and then, I would expect North Carolina to be favored by at least a touchdown at home there. Probably close. Well, and, and some of that probably depends on whether Riley Leonard is back or not. It does. True. So, um, But I think North Carolina will still be favored, and I would expect them to win that as well. Then they go to Clemson. That is the only game remaining on their schedule that I could see them possibly not being favored. Yeah, I agree. Um, Just because it's at Clemson. And then they finish up the season with NC State. Obviously, that's a road game. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't think NC State can score with them. I don't know. I don't Clemson think, I don't think anyone on their schedule can, but the, I mean, they have six no. games left. All six are winnable. They will be favored in at least five of them, minimum. Yeah. So minimum. everything's in front. Even if they lose one, uh, whether it be you know D- Georgia Tech or Clemson or Campbell or whoever, um, well, they're, they're still on their way to Charlotte for the title the conference title game so well i'll say this about them i'm still not my miami lost to georgia tech and yes i know that was crystal ball's fault but they shouldn't even have been in that position and so sure i don't think miami is quite as good as we thought and in the no, same they're making us look like complete assholes for going out yeah. of our way to bring them up yeah two weeks and ago in similar vein, another game we haven't mentioned. I said last week that I was not going to make the same mistake and buy Louisville. And what does Louisville do? They're undefeated. They go up and Pat Narduzzi gives Drags them business. Them. Yeah. And just makes them look like shit. And so, like you said, Georgia Tech been a bit of a problem for them. They have to go on the road to Clemson. So, uh, you know, North Carolina not impervious to getting beat. Should they go at least eleven and one with the rest of their schedule? Yes, but will they? I don't know. You never know. That's why they play it. But I, I think even if they lose a game, they should still make the ACC championship game. Um, Most likely, yeah. and you know, from there they win that and finish twelve and one ACC champ. There's no way they don't get in. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because Clemson has what to. Two conference losses or one? Two. Two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, as long as North Carolina doesn't drop one, they can stand to lose to Clemson and still go. So 
I don't know. We'll see. Duke might ruin their season. We'll see what happens. Might. In which case, you know, Duke only has the one con. Actually, Duke doesn't have a conference loss. No. They lost, they lost to Notre Dame. So, yeah. Facts. Um, you know, Duke still have to alive, beat- I guess. They're going to have to beat North Carolina head-to-head. I don't like their chances, and I'm not sure who else they have on the schedule. I know they have Florida State as well. So I'll say this. Yeah. If Duke finds themselves in the ACC championship game, by God, they will deserve to be there. <laughs> That's true. That is true. They do play a tough schedule. So that's all the picks. Um, and then I don't know what other games. Uh, uh, I had some other notes here. Went down that you want to talk about. Yeah, I had some other notes here. Speaking of blown leads, we kind of talked about. Uh, I'll tell you a lead that wasn't blown. Was LSU and Auburn. Holy shit. You're talking yeah. about a, just a beat down man we we talked about possibly like this game has been extremely close over the years and scores be damned rosters be damned and whatever well not this year uh that was an absolute ass kicking just complete and total control of every phase of the game lsu man let them figure out how to play defense and they will fuck people up yeah like their offense is a laser show and I'm kind of like looking at them, watching them play, going, I think they're starting to figure it out. You know, this was kind of the turning point last season when they started to figure some shit out, and they ended up going and beating Bama. You know, I'm kind of looking at it like they're starting to send Perkins more off the edge a lot, and he's getting pressure and making shit happen. He was all over Peyton Thorne the other night. And Jaden Daniels is probably – He's probably I, number two in the Heisman right now. I would think. I just don't know if Auburn is a real good like barometer for defensive improvement because they just have not been able to move the ball all year. Probably not, but I mean, who does LSU play beyond Bama that really has a dynamic offense? Might be it. Let's see yeah. who they got left. I mean, Bama's offense isn't really that dynamic, to be honest. It's not. (laughs) But the problem is that they've made some teams look dynamic. That's true. Like Missouri, right? So whether whether a team is dynamic or not, it really isn't at issue. It's, you know, are they competent? Uh, Because LSU's made some people look better than they are. Like Facts. Like Arkansas, giving up 31 to Arkansas is embarrassing. Uh, Arkansas, what do they do well? Well, that's another game I wanted to mention. Yeah, you know, while we're uh, on the topic up, of while we're yeah, on giving the topic up 39 to Missouri. Uh, uh, so who's LSU yeah, have left? They have Alabama this week, obviously. Uh, actually, next week, uh, yeah. the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um. No, that's not that's not correct. They have Army this two week, weeks. and they're off. Yeah. yeah then on the 4th, they're at Alabama. Then mm-hmm. they get Florida, Georgia State, who quietly is 6-1 and one right now. Um, <laughs> and then Texas at home. Texas A&M, their last three are at home. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't, play, they don't play anybody with a real dynamic offense. Yeah. And, so, they, I mean, they can still get to nine pretty easily. Yeah. But. You know, 
Uh, All I'm saying is, is it would not shock me if they won out and went to the SEC championship. It would not shock me one bit because their quarterback is. Well, it would shock me because that would mean Alabama had to lose another conference game. Would that shock you if they dropped another one? Well, because I don't know if you watched it this weekend, but they. I don't think they should lose to Tennessee. Who else? I mean, they they shouldn't. But I mean, they've got Auburn on the road. Can't count them. You know, that's you can't really count records and stuff like that. All I'm trying to say is this Alabama was up comfortably 24 to 6 to Arkansas. And then they let them yep. hang around. And Arkansas had the fucking ball with like two minutes to go driving down the field to try to go and win the game or tie it. And the defense put it away, thankfully. But I don't know, man. I just, uh, what I see what LSU's doing on offense. And I know so they're Bama good enough s- offensively that they could they can go win a shootout against most everyone, but it's going to have to be yeah. a shootout because they they really aren't stopping people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It just winning on the you know, road, Bama is going to be tough. Yeah, the risk with a shootout is you get a game like the Old Miss game where you just simply don't shoot enough. So yeah, it should be interesting. But uh, another game that I wanted to kind of touch on here, you mentioned Tennessee. Yeah, I, I kind of feel bad for Texas A&M in that because Max Johnson's not good. They're clearly missing Connor Wigman. And I think, uh, you know, you you asked me before the show what I thought about Jimbo. And I know we have our thoughts about Jimbo Fisher, but I don't want to hang Jimbo out to dry because he doesn't have his quarterback. Max Johnson is not good. It's, it is what it is. Like I, they were playing really good offense when Connor Wigman was their quarterback. He Mm -hmm. went down, and now they're average. And I think that just is what it is. I think they're excellent defensively. So I I should give Jimbo a wee bit of little props because he's playing with a backup QB. So I don't want to hang him out to dry a little too much. A game that we discussed, a couple of them that we discussed, lines that we really liked, or well, one of them that we liked and one that mm, we kind of gunned to the head took. Iowa State. Goes on the road and absolutely destroys Cincinnati. They were a four and a half point dog. Yep. And that was that was easy money. Like, I don't know. We we should have taken that. I feel like an idiot not taking that. Yeah, I think Cincinnati is just they stink, man. (laughs) No, they're not. And so that that's kind of one I feel like I missed on, you know, like the one that got away there. That we I, I felt pretty confident that I was take could go and take care of that at plus four and a half, but you know, what are you going to do? If you don't bet them, you can't win them. And then another one that we liked was Ohio State going on the road to Purdue at 19 and a half. We said we thought they would destroy them, but neither one of us end up taking it, and they go and win 41 to 7. And so yep. that is what it is. Yeah, we didn't lose know. money, but it feels like it, right? It feels yes. like you gave money away by not taking that. Yes, it's a missed opportunity. And then a couple of other teams. Michigan still just continues to put teams in body bags. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I play someone. <laughs> yeah, they still haven't played a soul. Um, Georgia did not cover this weekend at a 30 and a half. And speaking of Georgia. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's about to get interesting li- for them. Yeah. If you're a listener and you have not heard yet, Brock Bowers, um, had a high ankle sprain this weekend and had surgery today to repair his high ankle sprain. He is expected to miss anywhere from 
three to eight weeks. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen several, several different. I've heard tightrope surgery is not that bad. It's usually three to four week timeline. I've heard six to eight weeks. Yeah. Tightrope. I mean, that's what, that's what Tua had when he Mm -hmm. came back for that SEC championship game. Yeah. Um, And he came back fairly quick. I thought from that, um, yeah, two or three weeks, and he also got hurt in that game and got taken out. And right. Jalen Hurts went in the game. And so I, I, I think the question is not only how fast can he get back, but you know, with that, uh, especially if it's the shorter end of that spectrum, can he stay out there? Right. This is tightrope surgery. I believe involves like drilling into bone. Mm-hmm. Like it's well, not I'm, some you know couple I'm quick not- stitches and. I'm not a doctor, but something I do understand is money. And, well, that guy's taking a big risk by coming back. Now, I don't see him as the type that if he's even remotely healthy, that he would sit on the sideline. I don't think he's the type of dude that would mail it in. I think that guy's just an animal. So he's, Mm -hmm. if the doctor's clear him to play, he'll go play, I feel like. But fingers crossed he doesn't get hurt, man, because he's just a, he's a, pleasure to watch play football is yeah. a marvel the dude is just a machine so hopefully he turns out okay and goes and makes millions in the pros but how do you adjust your power ratings for georgia like how many if we're rating teams one to ten and you were rating georgia a ten before are they now a nine nine and a half eight and a half like where what are you knocking them off without brock bowers or are you still just going to leave them as a ten until proven otherwise I'm not going to leave him at a 10, but I'm not, I wouldn't go probably even as far as a nine. Um, I, nine would be my floor. I'll say that. Right. So mm-hmm. for people unfamiliar with kind of the process of how, how, you know, Arizona at Wazoo minus eight and a half uh, comes about, right. Mm-hmm. Vegas has effectively their own power rating system. Um, and they assign points and it all gets plugged into a formula and points are anywhere from, you know, rush defense statistics to individual statistics for a receiver or, you know, coaching even all all that. And they come up basically with a number. And and then the, and then the hitman goes and goes and talks to the referees and makes sure that they keep it somewhat close. Team A has a number, team (laughs) B has a number. And then the difference is close to what you get for the point spread, right? They Now they'll, that's kind of ballpark and they'll move it uh, in order to get a number that they think they will get the most action on either side. Mm-hmm. But that's basically, you know, what a power rating is. Would you still rate Georgia a favorite over any team in the country on a neutral field? Without any team, Bowers? Any, any team. team without Bowers? No. So, so they're not a 10, Ooh. but if you're wow. looking at like a Vegas power rating, he probably has, like at most a point and a half mm-hmm. assigned. Uh, like Vegas is looking at that. Okay. No Brock Bowers. Okay. Right. And they're from, you know, whatever. And they're down maybe a point and a half. It's not oh, man. monumental. Um, well, it's probably not. And here's why anyone who hasn't been paying attention to Georgia yeah, recruiting the past right. couple of seasons, they have the best tight end room in college football and it's not close. Yeah. So it, it's, it it's still a huge of, drop off from Brock Bowers, but they have a, a mountain of talent. At, so it reminds me. Room. It reminds me of that scene in Moneyball, where they're talking about how do you replace Jason Giambi, 
well, yeah. there's there's no other Jason Giambi, right? We're not going to replace him. But these other him and these other two guys we lost, right? We're going to replace them in the aggregate. And I think that's yeah. what Georgia has to try to do with Oscar Delp and Lawson Lucky, who hasn't mm-hmm. played much, but obviously is going to have a more prominent role. And, you know, they have other receivers, right? Ladd McConkey is starting to look kind of like himself again. He had a back problem. He missed a lot of time in the first half. Uh, you know, they still got Rosemary Jack Saint and the big thing for them, I think, is getting the the two running backs, keeping them healthy and getting the run game going a little more than they have, right? They're still going to be really good defensively, not maybe as good as they were the last two years, but still very, very good, just not like generationally elite. Uh, well, Carson Beck has played well. Uh, so he has. It's not like question. all hope is lost, but yeah, no. I, I would no longer favor them over every other team in America. I still would. And uh, another reason why I would is I would. Yeah. And the reason for that, do we really think that Georgia has just opened up the bag of plays to this point? Because who the fuck have they played to where it would be required for them to open up the complete offense? They probably haven't. But a lot of those plays that they have left in the bag so far. Most likely involves Brock Bowers, right? (laughs) And and it does change things for them because because they were so creative in in finding ways to get him the ball, right? Whether it's jet sweep. Uh, He took a direct snap a couple weeks ago. Like, when has that ever happened in the history of football, right? So I can do anything. It's not really even just, hey, who's going to replace him at tight end? It's how do we replace our best playmaker regardless of position? And they're going to have to do that in the aggregate. You know, they're going to have to run the ball better. They're going to need Carson Beck to continue making good decisions. And, you know, the receivers got to step up and they have plenty of guys. They just don't have any superstars, but all those guys have to be a little bit better. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be quite interesting to see moving forward. Like I said, they're, I mean, they're going to be favored in every game they play. Even Tennessee on the road without Brock Bowers, they're still going to be favored. So I, I fully still expect them to go twelve and zero, barring some kind of just monumental meltdown. But yeah, um, I do think yeah. it's uh, something but worth watching. I, I tend to agree, but where it gets hairy is if he's not back by the SEC championship game and they go up against Alabama, right? Different or L- yeah, or LSU or whoever's there. You know, I mean, stop. It's, it's going to be Alabama. <laughs> I'm trying not to be a homer. I, I know, man. I know you're not, and I'm being like the. I'll be the homer for you, right? Alabama doesn't have a conference loss, so they well, would have to they, lose twice in conference play to not make it. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I I hope you're right. I do. I just I I worry, man. I get worried, but I know you do. Uh, anyway, we're gonna close it up. A lot of big matchups this week, man. Uh, big noon kickoff. You got Penn State and Ohio State. So both of these teams finally get to play a good team. The first one of the year. It's gonna well, be really I mean, interesting. Ohio State's played a good team. I mean, they played Notre Dame. Notre Dame's offense not that good. So no, not a great I team, mean, but they played a good team. They're yeah, not Northwestern. Yeah, that's true. All right, so one of them's played a good team. The other one hasn't played a fucking soul. So it's in the shoe. Uh, Ohio State minus four and a half, I think, right now is the line, roughly. Uh, you I might be able to get some. Saw, yeah. yeah, you might get some fours here. And we also have, get ready, our first service academy under of the year. Go yep. ahead and book it. It's I bet it yesterday at 39 and a half. So, oh, oh man, yeah. 
it's 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 already down to like thirty seven and a half. It's not thirty nine and a half anymore. So good job there, because as of this afternoon, (laughs) it's at thirty seven and a half right now. I think. Yeah. But I got it. I got it yesterday at thirty nine and a half. So. God, if only if only you could get thirty nine and a half on Iowa Minnesota this week. If only because that is the uh, it's got to be the lowest total. It like in the last twenty years, thirty-two and a half. I it's mean, the lowest opening total since these two teams played last year, which was the lowest opening total uh, since nineteen ninety-five. Now that game last year, you know what's closed, sad? Closed at thirty-one and a half, and still comfortably went under. That one, oh, yeah. I think, I want to say it was thirteen to six. Well, I mean, I we talked about Iowa last week, Iowa, Wisconsin. I said it would it wouldn't shock me if it finished like ten to seven or seventeen ten or something. And it did. It went under like idiots. We should have bet it. And hell, yeah. I'll probably bet the Iowa under this week. Thirty two, not enough. <laughs> like, yeah. Vegas not enough. if Vegas wants to keep losing money on Iowa unders, then I guess, you know, we should oblige and take the money they're gonna pay us. So uh also you got Alabama, Tennessee. 3.30 Eastern, that'll be a big-time game. A lot of uh, l- maybe a little bit of revenge on Bama's mind there. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Might be a little steep for me. I don't know. Uh, another good game out in the Pac-12, Washington State, who got, God, what in the fuck happened to them last weekend? <laughs> Arizona happened. Arizona's the best three-loss team in the country. The, they, Arizona, Arizona what's is What's the guy's like, name? Noah Fal- Falala, Falifa, I forget. Falifa, I think. I'm telling you, that dude can play. Arizona is. He's better than Jay DeLore. Yeah. He's better. Arizona's like three plays away from being five and one with a couple of really, really impressive wins. Uh, Derek, Jed Fish has done a fantastic job. Uh, Iowa, circling back to that shit show, uh, (laughs) they've hit the under five out of seven times this year. So. Boy, you could do a lot worse than just blindly betting Iowa unders. No kidding. I mean, I would like to know how many unders we've had over the last couple of seasons. And honestly, I can probably tell you. Let's yeah, see here. Um, I bet I can tell you here. Uh, let's go. Yeah, we can pull up there last year. Yeah, over, under. I can do since 2021. I'm going to do that. So since 2021, Iowa unders. Okay. Under. Where's Iowa? I know that can't be too far down. Okay. Uh, if you just bet straight unders on Iowa since the start of the 2021 season, you would be 22 and 12. I'd take it. Last year, they were <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and four on the yeah. under. Yeah. That's paying out at a 65% clip there for you guys wondering. I can't believe so. they're paying people to coach the offense. It's just <laughs> it's not good. Not good at all. But uh there are some teams that are worse, but not many, man. Like Illinois is uh one. They are number one on the list at 21 and nine against the under. They are yeah 70 percent of the time they're hitting the under. So <laughs> they're hitting the under all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then USC, like we talked, Sex Panther. Yeah, and I mean USC is on the opposite end of the spectrum. They're twenty four and nine again on the over. Yeah, they're they are now (laughs) fifteen and two since the beginning of last year, since under Lincoln Riley. 
Free money. All right. Well, speaking of USC, they got Utah this week. That'll be a uh, eight o'clock Eastern on Fox. That's a pretty big game. There should be interesting. And Michigan State, poor Michigan State, man. They're about to get put in a body bag by Michigan, and that's going to be ugly. So outside of that, no real super compelling matchups, but I'm sure we'll have a lot of degenerate behavior to go over and to take part in tomorrow night. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Well, until then, you guys can find us on social media at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And we will be back with you tomorrow night with our week eight bets. And Eric, we got to start getting power rankings together for next week. So it's going to be uh, going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, this week will go a long way in uh, sorting some of these teams out. Indeed. All right. Well, we'll be back with you tomorrow night, probably sometime around what? Seven o'clock, Eric? Something like that? Um, Sure. Yeah. I just, I, tonight wasn't great. Well, actually, it could have been later tonight because um, I got crossed up on when the Astros played. So Mm. they're getting their teeth kicked in now, uh, currently. So I don't mind missing it. But love that. Yeah. They're they're off tomorrow, probably something like seven Eastern. Well, the Braves are off the rest of the season. So fuck you. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Thank you very much. Have a great day.